Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Today, I want to talk specifically about the power of writing things down, about what happens when we do this and how it can change the way that an idea lives in the world. And I'm not talking about whether or not you consider yourself a writer or not. I know that many of you are are different kinds of creatives, and you may or may not identify as an author of any sort. But I think this will be helpful to you no matter what your relationship is with writing, because the marrow of this discussion is really about alchemy and about transformation. Because that's what happens when we write something down, whether it's on our laptop in a coffee shop or it's a jolt awake in the middle of the night on a, on a yellow legal pad that's sitting on our bedside table. What happens when you write something down is it moves from a gas to a solid. So something that's floating around in the ethos and then it clicks into words that you form and you set it down. I was looking up the definition of alchemy. The first definition of alchemy in the, in the Oxford English Dictionary is a form of chemistry studied in the Middle Ages that involved trying to discover how to change ordinary metals into gold. And the second definition of alchemy, which is the one that's the most interesting to me, says it's a mysterious power or magic that can change things. So that's alchemy. And writing, I believe, is alchemic. Because when we write something down, whether it's in our private journal or in a more public setting that's like situated in social media or a, or a, a post or a blog, it doesn't matter whether it's private or public. It changes us. It changes the thing itself and it changes us especially if it's a piece of our story. The actual act of writing it down changes the story because it gives it oxygen to live somewhere else besides our own body. And it changes us because we are graced then with a different perspective of reading ourselves and writing ourselves instead of just feeling ourselves. It doesn't matter if it never sees the light of anybody's day. Just writing yourself down can be therapeutic and transformative. And I I go go through phases of how this looks practically for me. And I do consider myself a writer, so it's important for me to have a system for collecting material until I can sit down at my computer and put it together in a cohesive form. And right now, and it's been different from time to time, but right now that system is yellow legal pads and great pens. 
and I have these stationed at many places in my house so I don't have to go and look for them when something occurs to me. I listen to podcasts and things like that sometimes while I'm cooking and sometimes I'll scratch something down that I'm inspired by or that I think of. And so there's often (laughs) like butter or curry or sauces kind of smeared on the pages and I just scribble it down and then I keep moving. And once I write it down, jot something down, then I can let it go for the time being. And usually when I'm going to sit down and actually write something of substance, then I go around the house from room to room to room and I collect all my yellow legal pads and all these little scratches and random notes that I've made and I spread them out on the table and, and try to make sense of them. And some of these notes go in the pile to use later and some of them kind of stay in the pile of okay I'm going to use this now and then and then some of them get thrown away because I don't remember (laughs) what on earth I was talking about when I wrote down black black cat lady with green tall grass Um, that happened recently and I didn't know what I was referring to and so I had to toss that one if you are a writer you probably have a system like this already but if you don't then I would say that that would be the first thing I would do. Anne Lamott, who's one of my favorite writers of all time, she uses index cards and she has stacks of them everywhere, like in her purse and in her pockets and in her in her house. And then she collects them when she's ready to turn them into her particular brand of gold. And so that's what I recommend is have have things very accessible so that then you can collect and compile when you're ready to really sit down and go after it. In terms of journaling, and I've talked about this before, I go through times when journaling feels really good to me. And then times where it it doesn't feel so good. And it works better when I let it come on like a rush. And when I need to get something sad or angry out of my body, it works better when I attend to it like that. And I write lists a lot, which helps me not to worry. But the obligatory feeling of that I need to sit down every day and write in my journal can over time start to feel really repetitive and circular. And so I gave my, myself permission a long time ago to, to let writing things down come from an urgency and an inspired place rather than an, an obligatory place. A couple of months after Benjamin died, I was finishing my third year of graduate school. Um, I was getting an MFA in dance and choreography in Illinois. And we had to audition for the faculty before the actual school year started, like in August. And Benjamin had not been dead two months yet when I had to audition for my third year. And I was cut into a million pieces, and I I was like a ghost walking around, kind of pretending to be in the world. And my friend Erica, and some of you know her as E, I've talked about her a good deal in this podcast. She was new faculty, and so she was among the professors who were auditioning us. 
And I was a really strange mixture at that time of roadkill and and also really tender to the touch. And I looked battered, I think, and kind of unapproachable. And I wasn't dancing well because unlike many of the other dancers, I had spent the summer sobbing instead of training my body, sobbing and smoking. (laughs) So I didn't look good and I didn't feel too good. But this was the first time that, that Erica had ever met me or seen me. So we weren't friends yet. But it turns out she was setting a piece called Letters Never Sent. And she was looking for five dancers. And I think she saw something very raw and exposed in me during that audition, mainly because I really just couldn't help it. I was definitely an acquired taste at that point. But I was cast in that dance, and at the very beginning of the piece, each dancer rolls out on stage kneeling with their thumb and index finger kind of tightly glued together as if they had a pin in their hand. And um, one of our assignments during the rehearsal process had been to write a letter to someone. And of course, I at that time, it was just so present with me. I wrote a letter to Benjamin, who had only been gone two months, and and the audience couldn't read it when I was scribbling in the air, because to them it was backwards, but it did probably look like I was writing something. And I actually got to write him this letter on stage, and it was incredibly cathartic for me. And the dance, I think it's about six or seven minutes, and it sort of builds momentum, and by the end... All five of the dancers were slipping and sliding all over the paper letters that were scattered all over the stage, and they were blowing around and sort of unruly and unable to be contained. And it was such a a useful and cathartic experience for me to just dance that and to write that and to perform that letter that was never sent or sent in the traditional way. And the whole experience left me with this, it, it, it left me with an urgency to write it down, even if they can't read it, write it down, even if you can't send it in the traditional way. Because when you write it down, it changes you. And that's something. And if it's about forgiveness or telling them something that shifted in you because of something they did or something they missed or something that they moved in you. It's important to say, even for just your own sake, and it, and it may be important to say for their sake too, but it works even if it's just for your own sake. And since dancing that piece so many years ago, I have written so many letters that I've never sent but in a way, I do believe that they, they get sent or they get received somehow anyway. And it doesn't have to be good or poetic or profound. And the profundity of it is just the fact that we can write ourselves down and immortalize in some ways that moment of being ourselves. I was listening to a This American Life episode about mixtapes and they were telling this beautiful story about how in the 80s 
this guy made this mixtape for this girl that he liked. And the way that the songs were listed on the case somehow spelled her name and I love you, I think. But for some reason, she missed it. She missed the fact that it spelled I love you. And they were interviewing both of them years later. Now they're adults. And she said she just entirely missed it. And when they were talking to him, I just loved what he what he said. First of all, he said, yes, you know, I was in love with her, but I never expected her to return that. She was sort of like intimidating to me. And he was basically just like the message was sent. It really didn't matter if she knew or she responded or did anything in return. He didn't expect her to love him back. He said, I just made it for her and I sent it. And that was basically his sentiment on it. And it just, it just reminded me of how beautifully we're changed by writing ourselves down and giving ourselves away in a certain way. And, and sometimes the recipient is almost secondary because just the act of it releases us somehow of the burden of our own thoughts and having to carry it by ourselves. And we're lighter afterwards. Writing something down can carry away a heaviness that we didn't even know was there. And of course, there's always a risk when we write something down and push it out into the world. I was reading just yesterday about a child who wrote the University of Tennessee on a t-shirt by hand. He just made his own, his own fan shirt and he was made fun of for it because it looked homemade. Well, University of Tennessee got wind of that and they did something fantastic. They made it, they took his design, his homemade design, and they made it their official t-shirt and the entire marching band of the school wears this shirt when they play for every game. And they ended up selling like 16,000 t-shirts. And they gave this kid a four-year scholarship to the University of Tennessee. And just reading this story, it made me stop and just cry and think, you know, what a gorgeous reward for this vulnerability and for just writing down in a t-shirt what you're proud of. When we write it down, then it's out there and it's not in here, which always has a different vantage point. And when we, when we name something and we pin it down with words and we give shape to it, it becomes more real. So in terms of manifestation, manifesting what you want, I highly recommend writing down your dreams, what you wish for, writing down what you hope for, and describing that in every detail. Don't miss this part. Write down exactly what you're going after, and the more specific you are, the more specific the return will be. Trust me on that. My current life is proof of that. And I have seen that kind of manifestation work for me more times than I can count. 
when I've really written it down. One of my favorite things I've ever read is the collection of letters that Rilke wrote to a young poet he was corresponding with. And they're so rich and they're so good. And this this comes from that. He writes, If your daily life seems poor, do not blame it. Blame yourself. Tell yourself that you are not poet enough to call forth its riches. For to the creator, there is no poverty and no poor indifferent place. And I love that. It's kind of brutal, (laughs) but I love it. There's always something to work with and to take notice of. There's always something that's worthy of paying attention to and writing down. When I, when I turned 21, my dad and I went to a restaurant to celebrate. And he, he gave me a thin book that was wrapped in, in plain brown paper. And he watched while I opened it. And inside there was this orange book of poetry called Free to Be Me. And I opened it up to see that he had written me a letter inside. And I want to read you that letter. It says, Dear Buffy, Your granny got this book of poems, Free to Be Me, when she worked selling handbags at D.H. Holmes' department store. The poet is from Chickasaw, Alabama. And that's where she was. That's where granny was. Because she struggled with depression and economic hardships, your granny was not as free to be herself as I wish she could have been. But on some days, Mobile was more than Paris when she clocked out for lunch and strolled along its sidewalks to shop. You are far freer than she was, and she would have liked that. And her legacy as you, at 21 are beginning to take strolls and find your way along the sidewalks of the world. Happy birthday from Granny and from me. Love, Dad. So a few years ago, I was missing my dad and Granny and that whole side of my family who I'm not really connected much to anymore. And I decided to look up that poet and see if he was still alive in Chickasaw and see if I could find him. And I I was able to find his address, and I decided to mail the book and a letter off to him and get him to sign the book. And I thought that would be really special. And a few weeks later, I got a package in the mail, and it was my book with a a very shaky signature inside from, from Stephen Summerlin, who's the poet. And there was also a letter tucked inside the book from the poet's mother, And I opened that, and and she explained that Steve, her son, was now blind, but that he was touched by me sending him the book and wanting to have it autographed. And she went on to say that she knew my granny and that she'd gone to the same church as Granny and Papa, and she talked about in the letter how it had just tickled them to no end to get my request for this autograph. And so now... I keep this orange book on the shelf near all my favorite books and the ones that I'll have forever and ever, mostly because of the chain of letters inside. So it's got Steve's signature, 
It's got dad's letter to me, and it's got granny's handwriting naming her book, too. It's got all of that, and it's just got some really good poetry. We are so used to texting nowadays, which feels pretty disposable to me. People even text like really heartfelt things, in my opinion, things that belong in a real letter. The kind that that you keep inside your favorite book so that it falls out one day when you're just rooting around for a good quote or a passage that you want to revisit. I'm so glad that I still have these from Dad and from Benjamin, but also I have them from people alive and well. I have a, a very special stack from Matt from the early dating days. And I have a stack of ones, letters that I've written to my children for when they're older that they haven't seen yet. When we write, it helps us to remember. When we write, it helps us to clarify what we already know cellularly. When we write, it helps other people know us. When we write, it helps us know ourselves. When we write, we risk something. When we write, it helps us to release. When we write, it helps us stay together. When we write, it helps us to cry. When we write, it helps us to make altars and decide what we love and what we don't. When we write, it helps us leave things out for the birds to pick over. When we write, it helps us choose. When we write, it gives us something new. When we write, it resurrects something old. When we write, it memorializes a moment or a day. When we write, it feels better afterwards. When we write, it carries us through rough terrain. When we write, it rocks us to sleep. When we write, it realizes our rage. When we write, it changes us. When we write, it changes them. When we write ourselves down, we become more of who we've always been. So let today be an invitation. And this is from the brilliant book, Writing Down the Bones. Okay, so some of you may not be social. You've never eaten a good meal in your life. You're broke and you don't have any friends. Well, Simply begin with the last stale cheese sandwich in the empty apartment on First Avenue with cockroaches floating on top of your two-day-old coffee. It's your life. Begin with it. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Please, if you will, rate and review and share and subscribe to Things That Will Help Podcast. And if you'd like to become a patron of this podcast, you can find out the information for that on the show notes. And I would so deeply appreciate your patronage and your support. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.